everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Leaders Corner, hosted by me, Allison, and me, Renee, from Leaders Fluent. In this podcast, we delve into the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Today, we are honored to be joined by the founder of TalkMaze, Galia. Thank you so much, Galia, for joining us today. Obviously, we would like to start off this podcast by knowing more about you, so feel free to introduce yourself. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, my name is Galia. I'm actually based in Edmonton, Alberta. I just finished my second year at the University of Alberta in a Bachelor of Commerce program. But beyond that, I love entrepreneurship. And so I, I love what this podcast is all about, about starting businesses and for students, which is amazing. I started my first business when I was 13, Tune Tutors. It was a tutoring company, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing at that point. Um, but I kind of just wanted to get out and start tutoring. And I didn't realize that that could turn into a form of business. And over the next several years, I learned a lot about entrepreneurship. I got involved with Junior Achievement with their company program for three years. Junior Achievement is an international nonprofit that helps youth learn about financial literacy and entrepreneurship. And then after I graduated high school, I decided to merge my interests in public speaking and debate to launch Talk Maze, which is the venture that I'm currently working on to essentially deliver high quality training to schools and individuals across the world. And we're currently focusing on getting access to public speaking and debate training for middle schools and high schools. Um, that's a bit about me. In my free time, I love to bake. I love meeting new people. Um, I love to listen to nice music. And also I love learning languages and exploring different places. That's so cool. It seems like you are uh, super well-rounded. Um, yeah, so I know you said since you were 13, you have been running your own businesses. So what inspired you to first take that venture into entrepreneurship? That's a great question. So I, I didn't know what business was about when I was 13. My family doesn't have any experience in business. And I basically, when I turned 13, I thought I'd finally get a job. And I decided to like set out to become a tutor, thinking that a company's finally going to hire me because I'm 13, only to find out that I was still too young to get a job. So I started just doing some freelance tutoring um, on my own. And then I decided that I wanted to do something more out of it. So I ended up putting out an ad on Kijiji basically hiring high school and post-secondary students without a business actually in place and just to see kind of like gosh the interest as to if people would be interested in tutoring at that age and I ended up getting several responses which affirmed the idea that people in high school post-secondary they're qualified and they're willing to go and share their talents with younger students but they just don't have a platform to do that so then in the fall of 2015 I launched Tune Tutors to provide meaningful employment opportunities for full-time students and affordable educational tools for families. And that's what the, really what it started off was with my passion for education, but then it really evolved into my passion for entrepreneurship. And that's what inspired me to pursue business and entrepreneurship and to keep doing it to this day. That is really amazing. Um, and circling back to something else that you mentioned in your brief introduction, uh, what is it like representing Canada as the country's youngest delegate for the G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance Summit? And maybe you can touch on what exactly that is. Yeah, for sure. So the G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance Summit um, is a summit that happens annually brings, and brings together young entrepreneurs from the G20 countries including some delegates from Canada, which with a delegation led through Futurepreneur Canada, which is a um, nonprofit that helps entrepreneurs. And last year in 2020, I had the opportunity to represent Canada as the youngest delegate for the G20 
um, Young Entrepreneurs Alliance Summit. It was hosted in Saudi Arabia, but unfortunately due to COVID-19, it was virtual, which meant waking up in like the middle of the night to meet match time zones and attend different meetings for the summit. And despite it being virtual, it was still such an incredible experience. I got to meet young entrepreneurs from across Canada and across the world. We would have bilateral meetings with different countries like um, Mexico and other countries like India. And it was just incredible being able to meet entrepreneurs who are so in love with what they're doing and really making an impact in the world. And they're coming from all parts of the world. And also a lot of the part of the summit is about actually influencing policy at an international level. How do we make entrepreneurship more accessible for young entrepreneurs? And how can we improve entrepreneurship really for them? And I'm super passionate actually about like governance and policy making as well. So this was great because it merged my two interests. And this year, as I continue my work with G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance Summit, I'm going to be on the policy and women-led task force so that we can actually influence these um, different policies more and do some consultation, figure out what young, young entrepreneurs need the most, and then take it to the national and international level to actually influence policymaking. And just for some more context, the summit actually meets before the G20 Leaders Summit. So the recommendations from this summit go to the G20 Leaders Summit, where um, the leaders like the Prime Minister of Canada and other leaders of the G20 meet to discuss all of these policy recommendations. That's incredible that it has so much influence. And I love how you're participating in this. Um, the event's really encouraging innovation, which is what we need more of in today's society. And you were saying TalkMace is a digital platform that helps people build their public speaking skills. So we'd love to hear more about the positive impact it's had on your customers. For sure, yes. So talk, the whole idea about TalkMace is about we want to bring the community together all across the world with public speaking and debate. And we've been working with schools and students over the past year actually it hasn't even been a year yet we launched in june 2020 so just under a year so far and uh, we've had the chance to connect with so many students already we've built a team of coaches as well so we really see this as an impact not just on students but also on these incredible coaches who without talkways really don't have a platform to share their talents with others so we have a national and international champions in public speaking and debate who are now able to share their talents with students from different countries. So we actually did, did created a video and asked some students to describe talk maze in one word and some coaches as well. And it was amazing to hear words like inspiring, motivated, and all of these words that really describe the passion behind talk maze, because that's, that's what it truly is about. I've had the privilege of seeing so many students go from being so, so shy to not con contributing their ideas to confidently communicating, but more importantly, becoming leaders in their communities. And today we've already helped over 130 students and we're in the, progress, in the, we're in the process of actually developing more partnerships with schools and organizations. So that impact is just going to keep amplifying and we're looking forward to what's ahead. That is truly um, very impactful. I think that what you're doing is helping youth all over the world and um, yeah, we'll support you as you continue this amazing journey. And uh, so from what we know, TalkMaze has won two grants and we would like to understand what processes you went through for applying to these grants. Yeah, we've, we've won a few grants, um, the RBC one being one of them and then Royal eHub being one of them and a couple others. I don't know the names of the top of my head, but um, grants have been super useful, actually. They're non-dilutive funding, which is awesome. So 
the, with grants, a lot of it has been in terms of like connecting on campus. And I think for student entrepreneurs, that's a really key resource that we have is our universities. And so connecting with Enactus Canada on campus, their um, chapter there, as well as eHub, which is the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial hub on campus at the University of Alberta, helped us get a couple of these grants. And also just the organizations within our community in Edmonton, local organizations that support entrepreneurs. Those have been super helpful in applying for these grants. And then of course, our mentors helping us in actually crafting those applications and helping me go, go through that process from the beginning to the end has been really helpful. And so I'd say like number one is connections to the organization and then secondly, mentors. Yeah, that's awesome. I think networking is so important. And just making those connections can really help. And congratulations on the grants also. Thank you. All right. And I guess we can kind of move on to our next topic. Um, so we know your business is two-sided, obviously, for hiring coaches and acquiring customers. And how do you balance those? Like, what is it like running a two-sided business? That's a great question. I think that's an important topic as well. So I think for us, it's a... A lot of it, a lot of it is about building community and both coaches and students are a key part of that. And with our coaches, we really want to establish long term relationships. And so all of our current coaches, they've been with us essentially since our launch, and we hope that they'll stay with us for several, several years to come because they've become an integral part of our community. And so for coaches, we really want talk meetings to be the go to place where they can get students, they can work with students and make an impact at a global level actually reach students and share their talents and share their ideas to actually be able to help different students. And then for acquiring customers, we work with a couple of different types of customers, one of them being schools and nonprofit organizations that work with youth. Those are amazing as well because we get to really establish deep partnerships with institutions that have youth coming through their programs every year. And so it's really all about building relationships on both sides, whether it's with hiring coaches or with acquiring customers. And so for our coaches, we want to give them numerous opportunities. They're not just coaching regularly with students, they're also helping us build content. We have several videos and documents available for on-demand resources. We also do regular workshops where our coaches and students can connect. Tomorrow, we actually have a workshop on, on extemporaneous speaking led by one of our coaches who has experience debating internationally in countries like UK, Australia, Pakistan. And then we're, he's going to be working with students from multiple different countries, from our schools that we've already partnered with, as well as some students who we haven't even worked with yet, but they're interested in talk me, so they'll be joining in. So running a two-sided business, I guess it's really all about like building community. And that's why it's, it's so important for our platform to work this way, because it brings together different people who can really provide value to each other and wouldn't otherwise have a platform to do so. On the topic of community building and opportunities, how do you market all these um, events, opportunities, and service to, to potential customers? Great question. Yeah, so for our students and parents or anyone else who's interested in learning about Talk Maze or getting some public speaking tips, we use Instagram as a main source. So I definitely encourage you all to check out at Talk Maze on Instagram. We also love to do collaborations with different um, schools, clubs, we just did a collaboration with the Western Debate Club at Western University, and we did an Instagram collaboration with them. That helps us a lot because really for marketing too, it's about actually connecting with people and building those relationships. And so partnering with schools or debate clubs and things like that, it really helps us a lot in terms of our marketing. 
We also do connect with school boards. Um, we've recently become an approved vendor of the Edmonton Public School Board, and we're working on gaining that status across the country, which is going to help us a lot in actually getting into schools and offering our programming there. Those are a couple of ways of marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so many students could benefit from that. Honestly, public speaking can be so daunting. And I think uh, part of being a successful in your career is having good communication. So I think starting students off young with those skills and opportunities is awesome. Definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. And next, we were just wondering how you determine your pricing strategy for TalkMaze. Obviously, uh, you use a subscription-based model, which is different than many other businesses. So how is that different for you? Yeah, so essentially, the procurement pricing strategy has been a long process. And this, all about TalkMaze has been a long process. I used to struggle to speak up when I was younger. I was afraid of talking to people and joining the debate team in seventh grade was what changed my life. And so I've been in this debate public speaking world for several years now. When I was in 10th grade, I started coaching students at my former junior high. And we built that team from about 20 students to 80 students interested. And that was also what prompted me to start TalkMaze to help these students gain resources that they just weren't getting access to, even though they were so interested in getting them. And all of that allowed me to get direct experience working with youth, working with parents and working with schools to really understand the market and see what are people looking for? What are they willing to pay? And when I came to determining pricing strategy, I was able to go back to these groups that I already had connections with and work with them to get do some market research. That's really what it's all about. But also on top of that, a lot of the like early 2020, I spent talking to strangers as well. I would just do like one-on-one -on -one calls with them over Zoom. It was like early pandemic times. And I did a bunch of calls with, on Zoom with coaches, students, parents, educators from different locations to get a variety of views. And a lot of them were giving similar perspectives. And that ultimately helped me define a pricing strategy. But I also recognize that what we have right now is constantly evolving. This is just the beginning. We're not even a year into business. This is the, just the beginning. And as we get consistent feedback from customers, we're really keen on that is getting feedback from our existing customers as well as potential customers. That continues to evolve. So pricing strategy is still a work in progress, but that's kind of what we've done in order to get to where we have right now. And then in regards to subscription-based um, modules. So the reason why we do a subscription-based format is because we understand that consistency is important. If a student signs up for just one session or if a school just signs up for a one class, that's helpful, but it's not going to really help students hone their skills. And so we encourage all of our customers to sign up with us on a reoccurring basis, whether like usually it's on a weekly basis, they are working with us weekly. And so our subscription packages are monthly, half a year or full year or customized based on the school's needs. And this is really beneficial for both the school or the individual customer, as well as us. For us, it allows us to build a long-term relationship with our customers, but for our customers, it actually allows them to build public speaking and debate skills that are going to last them a lifetime, but actually work on them on a regular basis. And then for schools who continuously have students coming in, it allows them to have a functioning public speaking and debate program within their school or organization that has less administrative work for the actual school administrators, but there's a whole program that's running because through TalkMaze it's all functioning and it's running over several, several years. And that's what the subscription-based module really allows is for those long-term relationships 
and for long-term skill building, which is so important when you're focusing on a skill like public speaking. It's like learning the piano. You can have one class with your piano teacher or you can actually like meet regularly and build those skills. And that's what's super important is consistency. Great analogy. Um, so on the topic of, you know, coming up with, with a pricing module, how did your education at the University of Alberta, I think it was, um, how did your experience there um, help you with building and running this business? So another great question. So I mentioned a couple organizations earlier, eHub and um, Enactus, those have been two great ones. I had the chance to compete at the Enactus Student Entrepreneur National Competition. Um, Talkmaze was selected as the top 12 out of over 300 nominations from across the country. And it was an incredible experience to compete against some of the most like top student entrepreneurs. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity if it weren't for the University of Alberta and then Enactus chapter at the University of Alberta, as well as eHub. So it has helped a lot. We've gotten funding from the university. We've gotten mentors from the university, gotten several connections that are great. We're actually working with the university to get a consultant who's going to help us over the next few months now. And these are incredible programs that have been beneficial in running the business, especially when there is low funding available. As students, it's difficult to put in money to the business. And so it's been really helpful to find mentors and funding from the university. And also as someone who's so early in entrepreneurship, I didn't really have connections to mentors that I could find immediately, but really jumping into the entrepreneurship bubble at the U of A allowed me to get access to these mentors that I wouldn't otherwise have. And those mentors are key in actually growing this business. Even one chat with them can help change the course of the business because they give new ideas and they have all this experience that they're willing to share, which is incredible. So yeah, mentors and funding have been awesome as well as opportunities like the Enactus competition. That's amazing. Um, and I forget, did you mention that you are studying business in university or are you studying something else? I'm studying business at the U of A. Oh, I see. Has the curriculum helped you in any way? With yeah, it's actually, yeah. Or strategies? Yeah, it's really interesting to be able to see like what I learned and then translate it directly back into my business. So I was reviewing our financial statements with um, my accountant last year, right after I just finished my accounting course, my first accounting course. And it was so interesting because I actually understood how to read all those financial statements. And when my accountant was explaining all of that, I could be like, hey, I just learned that in my accounting course. So I can really, like I see the overlap. Whereas um, otherwise, if you're not really in this kind of experiential learning opportunity or something like that, where you're seeing hands-on this happen, it's really just like financial statements in a textbook. But then actually seeing it for a real company that you're running, is, it's super cool to see that translate very well. And same thing with other courses like marketing, being able to take what I learned and apply it immediately the next day into what I'm doing is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like the program's been super helpful. I know I've had the exact same thing. I just finished my first year, took some marketing courses and I've been able to apply them like right here at Leaders Fluent as a marketing director, it's been great. Um, and it sounds like you've had like a really great journey uh, to get where you are today in your business. And we were wondering what is the biggest obstacle you faced in creating your company and how you overcame it? The biggest obstacle, Ooh, good question. There are a lot of obstacles, um, but I think the number one is always imposter syndrome. And I hear this from many young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in general, it's um, imposter syndrome always exists, but it's about like fighting through it. It's about like, 
I often have days when I like wake up and doubt myself and doubt why am I still doing what I'm doing. And then the next day I'll hear feedback from one of our customers and it will absolutely make my day. And so I'll go from one day absolutely doubting everything. And then the next day feeling like I remember why I started this. And I think combating imposter syndrome is the, the key to that is always remembering your why and having a why. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? For me, it's that I genuinely want to change the lives of students all around the world because I know the impact firsthand. I went through it myself. And bringing myself back to that helps me combat that and remind me that I am more than qualified enough to be running this company and that it is doing great just over the past year and that we we are going to grow a lot. And it's about, I think it's just, this happens a lot for entrepreneurs. It's a very tough journey. Is even like if you have one bad day, it can feel like it's like your, your company is your baby and you want it to grow and succeed. But um, that's definitely the biggest obstacle. And I don't, from what I've heard from my mentors and entrepreneurs, it, it, you, never, you never really get over it. Like even you'll hear from the most successful entrepreneurs or not even just entrepreneurs, other careers as well. They'll tell you they still experience imposter syndrome feeling like they they don't belong there or entrepreneurship isn't for them or some they're just they're not meant to be there it's just all out of luck or something but really it does take hard work and I have to remind myself that and I think that's one of the biggest obstacles for sure and overcoming it is definitely all about reminding yourself of the why that's what has helped me is reminding myself of why I'm doing it and this, I know it's going to continue because it does happen. Like there are, there are many bad days in business, probably more bad ones than good ones, but you gotta, like, I have to remind myself of why I'm doing it. And just one conversation with one of our students talking about how much it's impacted their life absolutely reminds me of why we're doing what we're doing. And I, like, if we can impact one person, that's incredible. And I'm so glad we've impacted hundreds already. And I can't wait for what's to come. And on the topic of discovering your why and following your why, um, what are some other important pieces of advice you would give to uh, young entrepreneurs? I would say go for it. And this kind of goes hand in hand. It's like we often doubt ourselves and especially as young entrepreneurs, you're like a lot of people will say, I'm not qualified enough yet. I need to graduate and get the skills first. I need to um, make this much money first or I there's milestones that we set for ourselves that we say we need to do before we can actually start a business and pursue entrepreneurship but it doesn't matter where you are in life like you could be 12 years old you could be 40 years old it doesn't matter where you are like age does not matter you're never too young you're never too old um, and you should just go for it the worst that can happen is you'll fail and at the end of the day like even if you fail you'll still have learned more than you would have lost and that's the key is just go for it. There are so many resources out there. There are people who will say no always, but if 10 people, if there's 10 people, nine of them say no, you just need that one person to say yes. And yeah, you'll get, a, you'll get no a lot in business, but you just have to keep moving forward. And resilience is really key. I think that we are, like this another piece of advice I think is important is just like fight through the no and don't take it personally. I sometimes struggle with that. Like if somebody says no to talk maze, I feel like they're saying no to me, but that's not it. Right? So you got to separate that. And also for every no, right? Like there's, there's a million other people who are going to say yes. You just have to keep going and keep fighting for what you believe in. Yeah, I love that advice. We've heard that a lot in our podcast, like <laughs> A, just go for it and B, just keep determined. So awesome advice. Uh, thank you for sharing that. 
I would love to connect with anyone who's listening on our social media, connect with us at TalkMaze on Instagram. And we do have regularly occurring workshops that you can join into if you're not interested in automatically signing up for one of our subscriptions. You can just check us out by attending one of our workshops, just following us on social media, engaging with what we do. And yeah, we'd love to connect. It's at TalkMaze on Instagram and Facebook. Feel free to check us out. And of course, visit our website at TalkMaze.com. And that's all for today. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Leaders Corner Season 1 Leaderpreneurs. Thank you so much, Galia, once again for joining us and for all the insight about what it's like being a business owner as a university student. And of course, be sure to check out TalkMaze on social media. If you liked our conversation, be sure to check us out on YouTube for the video version of today's interview and leave a like or comment with any feedback or requests for future topics. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Be sure to stick around and connect with us at Leaders Fluent on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook. And stay tuned for the next episode. And always remember, leaders are made, not born. Bye. Bye. Hey, did you like this video? If so, click the subscribe button down below. And make sure you click the notification bell to get updates each time we post. And remember, you can listen to the entire episode on eight different platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out the links down below. Bye. Bye.